Champions Mojo is part of the CG Sports Network. Part of that is just being consistent every day in your practice. And I think that will help you overcome, you know, whatever comes your way, because at the end of the day, um, whatever you, whatever athletic endeavor you have, it's, it's not necessarily what happens that day and that time. It's what you've done for years and years before what you've done for months before. Um, it's not so much exactly what happens that day. Welcome to the award-winning Champions Mojo, hosted by two world record-holding athletes and health, life, and leadership coaches. Be inspired as you listen to Conversations with Champions. And now, your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. And as usual, I am co-hosting with Maria Parker. Hey, Maria. Hi, Kelly. It's so great to see your beautiful face. Oh, and yours and Paige Madden. And Paige's. She's a gonna, far more beautiful. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. you guys are sweet. <laughs> we're um, we're going to give Paige the proper introduction right now. You know I'm excited to have Paige Madden on the show with us. She is an Olympic silver medalist now and an American record holder. Paige is one of the hottest women in swimming right now, coming off her first Olympics with a silver medal in the women's four by 200 free relay, where that team broke the American record and they broke the previous world record as well, um, which was held by Australia. She's also a member of the uh, ISL Tokyo Frog Kings. And then she helped the UVA women win the first ever NCAA championships for the, that team by winning the 200, the 500 <laughs> and the 1650 and being part of the 800 free relay. But Paige has not always had a perfectly easy road. Maria, can you tell us a little more about that? Sure. Kelly, 2021 was an incredible year for Paige, but she did have a few bumps in the road. Um, as an asthmatic Paige became quite ill when she came down with COVID-19 before the Olympic trials. And despite a reduction in her lung capacity from the illness, Paige was able to come back and make the Olympic team in two events, touching second and 400 free and third in the 200 free. And for the past six months, she's been traveling the world as an ISL pro swimmer, and she's part of the CG Sports Network. So we're delighted to have you on the show, Paige. Welcome. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes. So um, Paige, why don't you just catch us up with your training? Because I told a few people, hey, we're going to interview Paige Madden and everybody's like, where is she training? What is she doing? So where are you training and how is that going? Yeah, so I um, stuck around in Charlottesville at UVA. You know, they've done everything for me. I know that it works and um, I'm comfortable here. I love Charlottesville. So I've been doing a lot of traveling. So that's kind of made things more interesting. But for now, I'm here training um, in my favorite place. So, yeah. Can you tell us quickly the places you've traveled in the last few months? Yeah. So I guess, you know, post-Olympics, I first went home and then um, for ISL, I um, spent a month in Naples, Italy and kind of um, got to travel around um, the Amalfi Coast a little bit. Nice. Yeah, so that was that was really cool. And then um, came back to Charlottesville for a while. When did you go to Abu Dhabi? Oh, Abu Dhabi, that was most recently. So that was, we left on the 10th, came back the 22nd. So that was, that was really cool too. Prior to um, this, had you done much traveling? Um, You know, not not really other than for first one meets, you know, right. that's <laughs> where the bulk of my travel comes from anyways. But, you know, I'd only been prior to Tokyo, I'd only been to Ireland and Turks and Caicos and Mexico. Um, so internationally. Mm -hmm. 
yeah internationally you know and that was all you know for 22 years of my life and then within the past year I've been to three different international places so that's pretty cool in the last year you have really had like this breakout year of the NCAAs in fact I I was looking at thinking about your swimming resume. You've pretty much done, had this incredible performance at all levels of the sport. So NCAA, Olympic, ISL, some swimmers have a great NCAA career. They have a great USA swimming career, or they have a great professional career. You kind of, you're kind of doing great on all fronts. So what part of those different venues do you think, felt like the highest or the best level of swimming from from me personally yeah like what what was your favorite venue of of pro ncaa or like usa level yeah or olympic and olympic yeah it's hard to beat the olympics um i would say that's probably um i I would say you know my split on the relay is probably my best race that I've ever had. Wow. Um, so yeah, I'm really happy to say, you know, a lot, it's really hard to put together a good race at all. And, um, I'm really proud that I was able to do that in that moment. So, um, that's probably my, my favorite venue, I guess I love pressure. So, you know, there's, you can't get more pressure than that. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. That being said, I, I do like, you know, like doing short course meters or short course yards and long course. Me- I like switching it up because it keeps things fresh. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's good to broaden my range. So, to so say. T- yeah. So tell us about that race, that particular leg that was your favorite race ever. Mm-hmm. What, what was your time? What did it feel like? What, why was, why would you rank that as so good? And then we would love to hear about why you love pressure and how you yeah. deal with that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think more than anything, I'm just proud of how I, cause before I was very, very nervous. That's the most nervous I've ever been for any race ever. Um, I was on a relay with Allison Schmidt, um, Kayla Decky and Kay McLaughlin, all of whom I've looked up to for a long time. So I had competed earlier individually in the 400, but I felt a lot more pressure for this race because I felt like I owed it to them to do well especially at being Allison's last, um, Olympic race. I, you know, I've looked up to her forever and I really wanted to do well for her and for team USA. And that really mattered to me. So beforehand I was really, really nervous. I think Todd could tell that I was nervous too. Um, Todd DeSorbo, my coach, and he kind of helped me through, um, get over the hump, get through that mindset. I think one thing that really helped me was, um, I kind of put my energy into my teammates in the ready room before the race. Kay McLaughlin and I were um, sweet mates in the village, and um, we had been playing poker together, and she really loved the little blind poker chip for whatever <laughs> reason. It was really cute. She'd get really excited. She's like, oh my gosh, the little blind. So um, Brooke Forty and I, Brooke was on the prelims relay with me. We had taken the little blind poker chip from... Um, the common room. Um, and so I gave that to her before the race and it was really fun to see her reaction. And I think like giving that to her kind of just let me feed my energy into that and into helping her get excited and seeing her excitement and also seeing, um, Allison and Katie, the other Katie, (laughs) their excitement. I think that helped a lot. Yeah. I went, um, the day before I had gone, I think I split like 
155 high. My best time before that had been 156.4. I think on the relay split like 155.2. And um, yeah, and we, I don't think anyone expected us to dip under the world record. So um, to be able to be a part of that and just to also watch it unfold, I was the second leg. So I got to watch the third and fourth legs. That was really exciting um, to watch. And there's, there's photos of me and like, you can just see it all over my face. I'm like freaking out on the side of the pool. It was so fun. So that sounds wonderful. What did Todd say to you to help you deal with the pressure? He, he just, he told me that I, you know, I have this. He also, he, (laughs) he lied to me a little bit. So Mm -hmm. he was um, timing me and um, I came to find out this later, but he was, (laughs) We were doing pace in the warm-up pool, and um, he had given me the wrong pace time. He said that I had gone faster than I actually had, and then at that point, he was like, "I think you need more warm-up." And I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> like I always do the same warm-up, and so he eventually convinced me to do more warm-up, and I think that helped a lot. And then he told me after the fact, you know, I had to lie about your pace time so that you want to freak out even more than you're freaking out. Yeah, I think more than anything, he was kind of like you've done the training, like you've got this, you perform well under any situation. So that kind of gave me the confidence going into the race. That's, that, that's, that's so great that Todd did that. Um, I'm in the <laughs> middle of uh, listening to an audiobook. It's either called Endurance or Endure, and it is so awesome. And it, it's actually about that exact thing where they've done research where they tell, they took a group of runners and they told them, what their pace was before they did a time trial. And when they lied and told them that they had done a lower pace, like they were ready at a certain pace, then they performed at a way higher level than if they had given them their real times. So pretty good sports psychology there. on Todd's part. That, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Confidence is everything. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Even if it's fake confidence. Exactly. I love it. So how, <laughs> how have you, you know, as a champion, how have you, developed your confidence. We've read about your COVID-19 and how did you, how did you manage all that? And, and, and you, you just mentioned, you know, getting in your head or out of your head or, you know, uh, I guess before we, we started talking on the show, you talked about tension and, and pressure and, and not doing as well. So t- talk about how you've built your confidence. I would say I wasn't always confident in my swimming, especially, um, I'd say probably my first real breakout swim was um, the 500 freestyle at NCAAs um, my second year. So that was in 2019. And I got second in that race and dropped like six seconds. And that shocked everyone, including myself. And so that gave me a lot of confidence um, in my training. And I think my, my coaches, my teammates could see it too. I'd always been a hard worker, but after that, then I really stepped it up and um, showed up every day, just, you know, confident, confident that I could do good things. I think, you know, 2020, we obviously weren't able to compete. I mean, we were a little bit, but I feel like I didn't really get to show my full cards because I didn't have a full taper beat. It didn't get to go to NCAAs that year. Um, and then nothing happened that summer. So I think a lot of my confidence going into 2021 was built over my training every single day. I think I was kind of an underdog to make the Olympic team. I would say I didn't feel that way, but on paper, at least, you know, I hadn't competed enough or gotten a chance to compete because of COVID to show my cards. And I think I felt confident that 
I had really good training. It was going really fast times in training that that kind of built me for that. And then I think also, again, surprising myself at trials and then um, going to the Olympics and then into ISL and all that stuff. It, and it kind of all just builds on each other um, and just through experience, honestly. So Paige, we, we also said prior to the show that we, we don't like to talk tons of X's and O's of swimming, which talking about building confidence and having one success and then kind of two steps forward, one step back or, or whatever. So one of the things that we noticed that you do differently than almost any other swimmer who swims the 200, the 500 and the 1650 is that you breathe off of every wall where a lot of coaches out there will tell all swimmers take a stroke and then breathe. And, and the way I want to frame this for just doing something that's out of the ordinary is Molly Hannes made the 2016 Olympic team in the 200 breast by not doing a full breaststroke pullout on her last turn. So everybody, when she did that was like, oh, Molly Hannes didn't do a pullout. Oh my gosh. And then she had more stamina in the last 50 to come home strong and she made the team. So that was like this unacceptable out of the norm. So in watching, reviewing your video in the 200, the 500, the 1650, where you won NCAAs, you come off every wall and immediately, you know, your left arm is all the way out and you're, you're grabbing air right off the wall. Tell us what that's about. Yeah. So I have gotten a lot of comments about that. Um, mainly from other swimmers and other coaches. I think it's something that I did experiment with it, um, you know, trying to not breathe off of the first stroke of every wall, um, especially in the 200. Yeah, we ultimately decided that, you know, I have good underwaters and that it was better to not sacrifice my underwaters so that I would come up earlier and not breathe the first stroke, it would be better to get more kinks underwater and then also more oxygen. You know, it's, I, th I think, especially in the mile and in the 500, I think it's really important to um, make sure that you're conserving your energy as much as you can and getting that ox oxygen in on the first half of the race. It's also something that um, I analyzed with Russell Mark. He helped me out with that. He did some, you know, technical analysis um, and um, yeah, he didn't have a problem with it. So I was like, all right, you know, you know what you're talking about. So um, I'll keep doing it. It's some, I think I'm going to experiment with it a little bit more um, in the 200 for long course. But as far as short course goes, I think the trade-off for me, it's, it's better to breathe off of the wall, um, no matter how many comments I get about it. <laughs> How do you respond yeah. when people come in? Yeah, I just, I, I say, you know. Um, works for me. <laughs> it works for me. So I'm going to keep doing it. And um, it might not work for everyone. So yeah. it's okay. Yeah, yeah I, lo I love um, that, it, that you're so different in that. And I, I, I'm sure you know who Sun Young is, the 1500 world record holder mm -hmm. for the men from China. And he double breathes into the wall. So he piv oh, pivots wow. his head yeah. left, pivots his head right. So he yeah. grabs two pieces of air before he goes into the wall. And then when he comes out, he does the same thing. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I just, I, I just love that example for doing something that isn't textbook that you're still, you know, making Olympic teams, setting American records, doing best times, 
winning, 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 where you're not just doing something. So I hope people listen that sometimes it's good to do what the experts say and what is accepted, but sometimes you can just totally be out of the box, which that breathing technique is out of the box. And, well, and uh, it, sh- it shows respect f- uh, for you from your coaches um, that, you know, they're saying, well, let's, you know, see if this works and willing to do the analysis. So I, I, I love it. I think it shows that, that, that coaching is a partnership. You know, it's not just, yeah, you better yeah. do what I say, but you know, if that's working for you, you know, and you got the analysis, so that's great. How, uh, speaking of lungs and grabbing air, how, how are your lungs since you got COVID-19? Yeah. As far as I know, I think that I've, I've recovered. I think I struggled a little bit over the summer, um, especially before trials and then a little bit during trials too. Um, that being said, I'm really glad that I got the vaccine and, um, I think that helped a lot. And, um, I think just time to, um, you know, the vaccine before you got COVID. Um, I had the first dose Okay, and then got COVID and then got the second dose. Okay. Um, yeah, that's great. So Paige, you're, um, this, this year that you've had, we've talked about your confidence. What about like the biggest obstacle that you overcame? Was it COVID? Was it, you know, just we read doubt? about a, a car wreck. You yeah. Mean? Like what, what's oh. been the challenge? Cause your, your life looks pretty rosy, but we all know that it isn't always. I mean, there's a lot of the challenges that I can speak on. I think probably bigger picture, probably coming off post-Olympics, I'm probably still getting over the post-Olympic depression. And just a lot of that was just that I'd come home and, um, you know, not felt great because I had been on such a high and then um, had some issues in my personal life as well um, and was trying to get over that. And then all of a sudden I went off to Italy for a month and that kind of like cured all my problems for a little bit, but it was kind of just pushing it away. So I think um, right now I'm still trying to get over that, but I think acutely like I had COVID before trials. I also had um, a drug test scare during trials. So I um, was not, like I said before, I was not feeling that great during trials. I was um, a little sick. And so um, I had taken, my trainer had given me um, some Mucinex um, like the day before my race and innocently and come to find out um, you're not, you know, USADA or whatever recommends not, it's allowed in, it's allowed in competition up to a certain amount. And so USADA recommends against taking it before a 24 hour period before your race. And I had taken it like, I don't know, maybe like it was the day before. So I don't know how many hours before. So, and I had found out about it while I was in Omaha that this was going on and that I declared it on my sheet after my drug tests and was just really, really scared that my Olympic, my, my dream was going to get taken away from me. I felt like a fraud. I found this out like the day of the 200 free, um, final. And it was like hours before my race. And obviously I'm very, very upset. I'm still trying to decide whether or not I should even compete because I was so upset and ultimately decided to compete because we didn't know what the result of the drug test would be. It ultimately came back negative. Like nothing was wrong, but it was, it was really scary. And I felt, you know, walking out for that final, I didn't feel like myself. I felt like a fraud. I felt like everything was going to be taken away from me. Like what I had worked for was just going to be gone. And um, it was really, really hard for me to 
put on a smile and act like everything going on with me was okay. You know, still try to race to the best of my ability. So that was really hard to overcome. And I think that's probably a mark of, you know, the best athletes out there. They overcome adversity. They know how to deal with things that come their way. Like you said earlier, I got in a, in a car crash um, while I was in Greensboro for US Open. And um, I had to scratch the floor in a freestyle final, but I still decided to come back the next day and um, swim the two free and had a really good race despite, you know, being in tears and having a really enough rough night beforehand. And the reason I wanted to do that is because having experienced adversity before, um, I knew that it would only make me stronger and make me more prepared for the next piece of adversity that's going to come my way because I know that it's going to come considering my luck um, and just, you know, everything can't go perfectly. So. That's, right. That's just kind of life. Yeah. yeah I, I love that you said that. And so you've mentioned, I'm, we, we've read that you're an incredibly hard worker. You've always been a hard worker, right? Thank that's you. just something, and apparently an academic genius as well, but thank you. So, so, so you've mentioned hard work and you've mentioned just being a professional and showing up even when things aren't, you know, aren't good inside or you're overcoming adversity. What other characteristics do you think champions have? I think part of, you know, like I said, overcoming adversity, part of that is just being consistent every day in your practice. And I think that will help you overcome, you know, whatever comes your way, because at the end of the day, um, whatever you, whatever athletic endeavor you have, it's, it's not necessarily what happens that day and that time. It's what you've done for years and years before, what you've done for months before. Um, it's not so much exactly what happens that day. It's consistency. Yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. good. Paige, you had mentioned that you're, you know, you have some thoughts on kind of anti-doping in the world. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So like this, like the drug test scare, it kind of opened my eyes a little bit. And then also dipping under world world record pace. So this is my first time in the USADA drug testing pool. Um, Prior to this, I hadn't been, but just experiencing it a lot. I, some things have like made me angry. Like for example, not when we dipped under world record pace, we weren't blood tested. We were only urine, urine tested. And it's kind of like, well, I want to be blood tested because like, I, you know, I know that I'm yes. clean and why isn't there more being done? And um, also just, you know, I feel like there's a lot of, a lot more thoroughness that could be done. Yeah. So you like so more with- testing, you'd like more, more testing for winners. And is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Yeah. More, I mean, I, I think testing. so. Yes. I think part of it is also just having COVID happened. Um, it was really hard to test during that period. And I wasn't even in the testing pool at that point. And, you know, no, that's no one's fault either. So did they test you at NCAAs? They did not. So, okay. UVA did. UVA does regular testing. So they tested us after ACCs before NCAAs. And then we also do random drug tests, but yeah, I was NCAA champion and I, never got a drug test there, even though, you know, we get warnings about it, you know, you're subject to drug testing and never happened. 
Yeah. So um, speaking of you being the reigning NCAA champion in the 200, the 500 and the 1650, uh, one would have to be living with their head in the sand, not to hear about the giant news on Leah Thomas, the swimmer for university of Pennsylvania, who is breaking records in the Ivy league and certainly team records for your events, the 200, the 500 and the 1650. Leah is a transgender swimmer. And at this point in the season is headed for NCAAs and maybe possibly some NCAA titles. What are your thoughts on that page? Yeah. So, I mean, I think I first want to say that I don't think that it should be a discussion of, you know, what, like against Leah, you know, she's doing nothing wrong. She's abiding by NCAA rules. Um, It's a very um, tricky subject and I don't really think I've done enough research or, um, you know, enough, like enough, I don't know. Yeah. Research to know anything really about it. Um, or to form a proper opinion. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say. So. Yeah. Totally. We totally understand. Yeah. I'd love to know. uh, I think we read that you were at some point in your college career thinking about becoming a PA, obviously that's on hold while you're a professional swimmer. What's, what's ahead for you? Well, how would you love it to, to play out? Yeah. So originally I was planning on being done swimming after this year and then, you know, starting to apply to PA schools, but that plan kind of changed because um, I've realized now that I am really enjoying um, swimming and traveling more than anything. I've met some really, really cool people. So I want to stick with swimming for a little while with the goal of going to 2024. And so I think after that, I don't know if I would want to start PA school right away because again, I don't know if I will experience um, if I make the Olympic team, the post-Olympic slump. So uh, maybe I'll take a gap year and then start PA school in 2025. I think I've realized, you know, I felt rushed to do that, to like start that right away after college um, for a long time. And uh, I've had to take a step back and kind of realize like, I'm young. I have the rest of my life to go to PA school. This isn't going to change anything. It's not going to, you know, stop me from becoming a PA um, if I decide to go a different route than what's considered traditional for a little while. So I'm excited about that. That's great. So what do you hope to suck out of your swimming career? You know, more records or more, obviously another Olympic team, you know, what's, what, what do you, yeah, I've, you know, you don't have to be specific if you want, but, but again, in a perfect world, what, what does it look like? Yeah. So, I mean, in a perfect world, I would like to go to the Olympics again. Um, for now, I'm just really enjoying the people that I'm meeting. Um, and hopefully I'll make some other teams and get to travel some more. That's what I love more than anything. And I've, yeah, I've made some really cool friendships and, you know, not, uh, not many other occupations allow that. So I realized that I'm really lucky in that way. What, have you, what is one thing you've learned from travel other than airports are terrible places? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Always bring like layers <laughs> because a, whenever, I get, yeah, whenever I get on a plane, like I get on the plane and I'm so hot 
until the plane takes off and then I'm freezing. <laughs> so I've learned to pack like, you know, you got a t-shirt and then your sweatshirt and then maybe I got shorts and some sweatpants I put on over that. And um, I really love when they pass out the blankets because I like to use that. And always remember your neck pillow if you're going <laughs> long distances. My coach neck and pillow. I, yeah, my coach Blair Bachman and I forgot our neck pillows on the way to Abu Dhabi. So we had to go buy some and we bought this like these like bright pink fluffy ones. <laughs> they were pretty funny. They're actually pretty cute. But yeah, always remember that. Neck pillows and layers. That's good life it. advice. Yeah, that is great <laughs> life advice. So Paige, is there anything secret that, or not not secret, but a little known fact about Paige Madden? We get so many of you swimmers on here and then we find out you're a concert pianist or you do stand-up <laughs> comedy or you have 12 <laughs> siblings or like, what's a, what's a little known fact about Paige Madden? I didn't know you were from Alabama originally. Like that was like, yes. whoa, okay. She's from Alabama. Yeah. Like, Can what, you what's tell little... that I have an accent? No. Is my accent coming out? Okay. I don't... It's faded a no. little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's faded since I've gone to college, but I don't know. Um, I do have a bit of a creative side. I, I'm not a concert pianist, but I used to do ballet um, up until middle school. I think that's a large reason responsible for my swimming success. I did art for a while um, until like swimming took over. Um, and now I, I just got a new camera for Christmas, so I'm getting into photography. I have no idea what I'm doing, but <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, we had a snow day on Monday, and I went around um, taking some photos and um, editing that, them after. So that was a good creative release for me. Beautiful, beautiful. All right. So the last question we always ask before we're doing the fun sprinter round, which even though you'll not a sprinter. You are a sprinter, but you'll do great. Um, is there anything I that, I yeah, I know. <laughs> is there anything that we have not asked you that you would like to share with our listeners? Yeah. Um, I think you guys covered everything. I think, I guess just going off of my last comment about the creative thing, I think I could say it's good to have balance in your life. I've struggled with that for the past couple of months, um, not being in school because for the past past four years I've been swimming in school and I, I love school and threw myself into that. So I've had a hard time not being in school. So I think it's good to find other things that you're interested in. You might not be the best at it. Like I'm not the best at photography right now, but um, I think it's good to have, have good balance. That's great. I was going to ask you what your advice was. That's perfect bit of advice for, yeah. for people coming up balance. Yes. Okay. So now we do the fun little quick questions or usually one word answers are kind of what we're looking for here. Are you ready? Okay. I think I'm ready. Okay. Cat or dog? Cat. Red or blue? Blue. Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Dark chocolate. Kickboard or no kickboard? I'm going to have to say no kickboard. Mountains or beach? Beach, for sure. <laughs> Football or baseball? Football. I'm from Alabama. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> iPhone or Android? iPhone. Coffee or tea? Tea. Morning person or a night owl? Night owl. 
finger polish or no finger polish? Oh, okay. Well, so I'm superstitious, so I don't <laughs> like to paint my fingernails before meat. Okay. But yeah, but. I think I, I'm not opposed to fingernail polish. Like I like to do it on the weekends for fun, but when it comes to race time, I, I have some notion in my head that it adds drag. <laughs> I love it. I love now it. is, is this borne out by a bad race with fingernail polish or <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I just remember seeing like the acrylic nails and being like, well, what if it comes off or <laughs> okay. you know, like, you know, if it's like peeling a little bit and you yeah. can feel it, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. you can feel it in the water. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think that's kind of where I got it from. Huh? Love it. That's so Maria's cute. got some for you. Okay. F- a favorite color. Favorite color. Oh, favorite color? Navy. Ooh. Favorite pizza put- topping? Um, pepperoni. Okay. Favorite vegetable? Asparagus. Favorite swim complex that you've swum in the U.S.? In the U.S.? Hmm. I would, for the NCAA format, definitely Austin. Um, probably for like long course outdoor pools. I really liked um, the Stanford pool. That was nice nice what kind of music do you listen to I listen to any and all kinds of music I it's every music it's like I tell like they're like what's your taste of music I'm like it's everything except for the things I don't like (laughs) what don't you like in music um I don't know probably like heavy metal or you know something hardcore like that but okay yeah what's your shoe size eight and a half what um any siblings Yes, I have an older brother named Carl. Okay. And uh, so we sometimes ask favorite Star Wars character, but for you, I'm going to go favorite Harry Potter character. Oh, this is great because they just came out with like the HBO documentary. I really like Ron. Um, I think he's just, his facial expressions, especially in the early movies are just so funny. And I think he's pretty relatable. Great. Can you cook? I can cook, just not that great. <laughs> you can save your life. <laughs> yes, I can make, like, yeah, you know. <laughs> I, I'm the same way. I, I, I can cook. I just, I just wouldn't to you're, you're not going to You're not going to starve. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. funny. Okay, uh, last question. What word comes to mind most when you dive in the water? That is a very good question because I think that my mind is blank when I dive in. <laughs> like it's, it's kind of just on autopilot. Okay. So yeah. just white noise, white. <laughs> yes. At the risk of sounding, I don't know, um, ignorant. It, it's just blank. <laughs> oh, are you, Paige, are you one of those swimmers when you're done with a race that like you don't remember it? Like, I know sometimes people get out and they'll be like, wow, that was my best time ever. Gosh, I, I don't really remember that race. Are you, are you yes, so absolutely. in a different, you are. Okay. Yes. Yes. My best races. I'm like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> so I find that to be fascinating because I yeah. think, I think people who perform at that super high level sometimes just get into a place where they're just, they're just on another plane. So they aren't thinking you know, yeah. am I it's pulling just adrenaline, water? It's adrenaline taken yeah, over. Adrenaline. I think that's, yeah. yeah. So wow. you, me- you mentioned cool. earlier about counting strokes. So that sort of helped you stay in the longer race to keep. Yes. Them. That's interesting. Yes. Okay. All right, yeah. Well, so yeah. that yeah. for the mile, the mile, I'm doing a lot more thinking than the 200. Right. 
just because there's a lot more time and room yeah. for that. So, yeah. 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 That's well, great. you've been fabulous. You this have. Awesome. You're we're going to really, we're looking forward to your next few years here, keeping an eye on you and cheering for you, Paige. Thank you so much for being with Champions Mojo today. Yeah. Thank you so awesome. much, Paige. Thank you guys. I had a lot of fun. I really appreciate you having me. You are welcome. Yeah. Take care. It's now time for the takeaways. Maria, you and I have heard the takeaways are the best part of the show. That's right, Kelly, because the takeaways are curated information, which is what we give to our clients when we coach them. If you would like to take your performance to the next level in health, life, or leadership, go to our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. Yes, just click on our coaching page and book there. We're looking forward to bringing out the champion in you. And now, the takeaways. Okay, so the takeaways for Paige Madden, silver medalist in the Olympics and American record holder, and just all around amazing woman. Uh, Wonderful, Maria, what, what a sweet, great, yeah. wise yeah. young woman. Really great liked interview. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, um, what was your first takeaway? Well, I, I loved one of the things she talked about. She's dealing, she's dealt with a lot of pressure in the last year in terms of her, you know, all those really important swim meets. She had ACCs and NCAAs then uh, Olympic trials, then Olympics. So lots of big, big meets. And then pro finals. And then pro finals. And she she kind of came out of nowhere. It wasn't really expected that she would do as well as she did. So she's had some pressure and she, uh, you can tell she's kind of the kind of person who pressures on herself and tries to do it all right. So one of the things that I really liked that she said was when she was at the Olympics and she was feeling really nervous for the, um, the, the final and the relay, she said she tried to take the energy um, and the adrenaline from that and focus on her teammate. You know, she talked about bringing the little coin, the, the, the poker chip, the blind chip to her teammate and, you know, just, just, just taking the focus off herself and off her race and, 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 and putting it, you know, out there as a, you know, kind of an act of love for her teammate. So I thought that was a great little bit of advice when we feel, when we feel like really overwhelmed by pressure, just stop navel gazing, look out, help, who can you help? Who can, you know, you encourage I thought that was Yes. Very, very valuable in, in dealing with pressure and stress is yes. get, get off your navel and right, look at, right. help somebody else. So yeah, that's, that's one of our <laughs> pieces of advice that we love. So right. definitely, you know, that benefited page. Um, my first one was, you know, I talked about it a lot in the show is how she does her breathing different off of every wall, which goes against everything in the textbook of how you breathe off the wall. Normally, you know, you're supposed to take at least one stroke. A lot of coaches like to take two and Paige just pushes off and grabs air right on her first stroke. In fact, there is no first stroke. The first thing Paige does when she comes out of the wall is breathe. Wow. That is unusual. And the takeaway is you don't always have to do it like you're supposed to, to win. You know, there's just like a lot of people, oh, you can never do it like that. So I loved that she's doing something differently and really succeeding at it because it works for her personally. And it just shows that we need some personalization to our peak performances sometimes. That is so true. You know, we do this a lot in our coaching too. Each person is different, you know, and, and, Mm -hmm. and she also mentioned uh, about, you know, meditation, not really working for her in terms of dealing with her stress. So I think, I think it's really important to treat yourself as 
you know, experiment of one. And, you know, if something is working for you, go with it. If something's not working for you, change it, but be aware that you don't have to be exactly like everybody else. You don't have to. So I, I love that. That's it. That was great. And it kind of, um, uh, it's a good, a good, uh, jumping off point for the next bit, which I had, which is, she said she's, she's creative and, um, and she, did ballet and she's doing photography now, but she said a lot of that by way of saying that, you know, she, she had, you have to have something other than swimming. You have to have balance in your life. And I think this is true for all of us. I was thinking about that this morning, you know, right now I'm, I'm, I'm focusing a lot on my cycling and, um, you know, and I have to, I have to do other fun things. I can't just add that to my already busy life. So the balance of, especially creative things, I think it's really important if you're a hard worker, like pages, like I am, like you are to add something really creative and use that other part of your brain, um, to create a a better and more well-rounded life. Yeah. So your second takeaway is just balance. balance Yeah. Be creative. Yeah. Yeah, I I think, think I think the balance with creativity is, is it specifically not just balance, you know, what is balance, but, but, but hard work with something creative and flowy for me, that's really important. Yeah. I I'm, right on board with that. So my second takeaway, again, kind of showing that Paige Madden is, is a little bit out of the box where we have asked the question, and this was actually not in the interview. It was in the questions at the end, which I love those questions often bring out the, you know, the fun sprint around where yeah, we yeah. ask some fun questions. We asked Paige, what is, what goes through your mind when you first dive in the water? Oh, and that's right. She yeah. said, she said, blank. I just, I'm just, I'm just blank. And you said white noise. And I love that she isn't kind of grinding or thinking on something. She is blank. And so again, that is the first time we've ever had that answer that anyone has ever said, I'm just blank. And so I love that she, and then I I followed up with the question of, so are you one of those people that when you're doing a performance, you don't remember it. And so, you know, I know this happens way outside of swimming. If you give a speech, you come off the stage, you're like, what did I say? (laughs) You're like, you don't remember things or you have a, you know, a situation where you do something and you don't remember it. And that's usually just like a really, really high level of performance where your adrenaline is so off the charts that you just don't remember it. So sometimes I believe that we worry about what happens if we get too high? You know, Mm -hmm. what happens if we go off the charts? Mm -hmm. And I think we have that maybe a protective little mechanism that we just, we might go blank. So that was my takeaway was that it's okay to just to have silence in your head sometimes, or to not remember what you did as a performer. Right. Well, especially when you're performing as well as she is. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's really true. I, I, we used to call it, um, yeah, white noise or seeing the white light. You know, if, if, if you've prepared, then that just means all of your energy is going into, you know, your performance and none of it's going into outthinking yourself. Yeah. So that's great. Great. That's was a great takeaway. It's a great interview. Listen to the whole yeah. thing. She's a remarkable yep. person. Yes. Hope you'll listen to the whole thing. Maria, another one in the books. Love you. Thanks Love so you much. Too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. This week's quote of the week comes from Paige Madden. It's not necessarily what happens that day that determines your success. It's what you've done consistently leading up to that day. 
You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast with host Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Champions Mojo is produced by Cobra Media, and a new episode debuts every Tuesday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Follow Champions Mojo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Champions Mojo.